definitely creating content that helps people is really the solution. What really works is building a community, consistently doing events like webinars, and producing content specifically for certain categories. You earn that raise, and you earn that job. Welcome to Future Fuzz, the digital marketing podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the next edition of Future Fuzz, the digital marketing podcast. I'm delighted to welcome onto the show today, Henry Boll from ECM.ai. Good morning, Henry. How are you? Good morning, Justin. Good to be here, man. It's great, great to have great you on the show. Great to be on your podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Wonderful. So you're calling in all the way from Groningen in the north. <laughs> How is the weather there today? Well, it's quite a lot colder than the rest of the Netherlands. Uh, yesterday, I, I, I what is it, uh, left down here by car, went to Amsterdam, and it was like six degrees here in the morning, and it was like 18 in Amsterdam. You're located in Amsterdam, isn't it, Justin? So you're on the good side, and I am on the bad side. We are in Hilversum. Ah, Hilversum, also, yes, sorry. Yeah. Also very wet here this yeah, morning, yeah, but that's yeah. fine. I'm all right yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> anyway, it's autumn. In, exactly. We've had too, too hot weather here recently. Yeah. So, Henry, we're going to talk today about um, artificial intelligence and its applications in business. Also, we will dive into um, SaaS and um, the challenges with promoting SaaS at the moment uh, in the market. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, I'd like to ask you, how did you get into AI in the first place? Yeah, quite a, quite a nice story, I must say. It's almost six years ago, I think somewhere about November 15, always on LinkedIn. I do the track of uh, how many years I did it. And I was uh, at that time uh, doing a, uh, an interim job at Samsung. And I was looking at uh, Udemy and then I found a course about AI. So I started that one and it was uh, with programming and I loved it because it had been a long, long time ago that I did programming. And then I thought, this is really magic. I really want to take a next step. And that's, that's the starting point. Six years full of AI. And uh, I even did an MIT course to go even deeper into the, to the theory. And uh, of course, I did a lot of courses with deep learning. And then, uh, and then I also thought there must be a sweet spot between AI and my domain knowledge in e-commerce, of course. Great. And so that led you on to starting ECM, right? So when did yes. you start up ECM? Well, let's say it was about when uh, I'm also part of experts here in Groningen, Groningen ML. And uh, I did about, I think about five years ago, something like that. It was for Storm Digital. And then we did a case and I was deep diving into it and it was about uh, one of their clients and they have cars. And then then I really thought with, with the data that I had, I could really, what is it, forecast what would be the best campaigns to do. And it was like a revelation for me because I had been in my job, always online marketeer, those kind of things. And then I really thought, wow. Now I have really something that is not only having my gut feeling, my domain knowledge, but it's also data driven. And, uh, and that started uh, a long journey. And about, let's say, two years ago, two years ago, there were other people who joined uh, the team, basically technically. 
And then we started to develop the software and having pilot customers. And uh, let's say uh, this year we started real to do to go into business uh, to ask money for our products, which is also important. And in September we also uh, joined um, a business developer, a CEO, to join and to make the next steps. Yeah. And what did you see when you were running those um, campaigns initially? So you worked with Storm Digital, for example, it's a pretty well-known agency based out of Groningen. I think one of their biggest clients was KLM, if I'm not mistaken. They were, yeah, that's right. Yes, they are. Yeah. So, so what, right. did you, what did you see there and what happened when you were running your technology or your um, method in their campaigns? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a supply of cars. And basically what they wanted to do to convert to a test drive, because that's the most important part. Cars at that time, well, even now, they are not really sold online. You know, some of them are. But, uh, and they wanted to push people to, to a, a test drive. So they had a range of uh, type of cars. And then you really could see what converts best. And that's the basic idea is that you will look at what your customers, your visitors, do at your site themselves. They tell so much about what is really important. Uh, and it, it was also very interesting to see with the data that, ah, then people went to the test drive or the configuration part of it, but they never would come back. So the data showed something, what is happening here? There's no way back. And then indeed, it was a dead end street. Mm. So someone who is responsible for all those, what is it uh, that you can configure your car, will be very happy because you have a lot of people, but to keep them to themselves, <laughs> they never went back to, uh, to the rest of the site. And we could really see what ah, this car type really converts well. And this one, Ah, it doesn't convert well, but there's put in a lot of money yeah, about campaigning. So you should, let's say, reverse it. You should do it otherwise. And how do you then overcome the challenge? So how did you track that data? I mean, if you think about, um, you know, the, the we're moving into a cookie-less world. Yeah. Uh, how are you tracking that uh, data? Yeah, yeah. Well, what, what we done now at ECM, our basic source of information is Google Analytics. And uh, with GA4, they also made a step to uh, provide that you don't have this problem anymore. Yeah. And what are your thoughts then on how brands are driving towards to get, let's say, more first-party data? Yeah, I think that's a good step. Definitely, definitely. I think... Uh, and of course, you can still use AI tooling to put it on your first party data. But definitely, I think data is very important to have as a, for a company. Customers is important, but data might be even more important to get more customers and to keep your current customers. So keep it to yourself. Very important. It's quite a challenge though, isn't it, right? To In order yes. to get hold of that first party data, yes. you've got to build yeah. quite complex systems or at least have yeah. technology in, in organizations. Yeah. Would you, you can do it hybrid, huh, Justin. You don't have to stick to only one platform. Uh, you can also use first-party data, uh, third-party data. Right? What, what fits best the purpose? That's also uh, good to look at. Indeed. And then let's say there are um, 
organizations in the market that, that are having challenges, what problems do you think using AI could solve for them, especially, especially on the data piece or let's say on machine learning? Do, what, what sort of problems do you think that are out there that could be solved for big organizations, especially with AI? Yeah, I think that the current, let's say, the, the lack of knowledge or let's say the lack of expertise, you know, there is a high demand for people down here, for experts. And AI helps you to, to work more efficiently, more effectively. I think that's one of the major things that AI can do. I also believe that uh, we start to grow in the level of uh, how you can work. Let's say it's the same when the computer was invented. It also helped us to work on a higher level and AI brings it even higher level. So that's also, I think, major thing about to use AI is to use it as a good tool for your work. Be more efficient, be more effective. Do you ever hear that people are worried that AI is going to steal jobs or cause huge amounts of disruption? Or do you feel that it is a tool and it can enrich everything that we do? Where, where do you stand on that point? Both, both, both points are right. <laughs> they will steal jobs, definitely. But uh, I mean, I hope they automate a lot of things that are boring. And uh, <laughs> it, it, it's the same, uh, what is it? Uh, how do they call it when, when you are at the, the lope and the bond, when, it, when cars are manufactured, you know, robots do a lot of the work now. And uh, 100 years ago at Ford Company, there were a lot of people who did it by hand and that's been automated. So I hope we automate those kind of boring stuff. But definitely that means that people yeah, will have to change their jobs. Definitely, That's right. Uh, but it gives a lot of more also um, opportunities to be more creative, to be more effective. Yeah, indeed. And, and, and even more important is good leadership. And maybe we can move towards four day working weeks and it can indeed take away some of those boring jobs. It, it will also create jobs in, in many ways, right? So yes. uh, there's, there's so yes. much opportunity. There. But, but also think of yourself, Justin. Your dream was to be, uh, to have your own radio station. And now with those kind of tools like the, the, you use now, AI tools, uh, they're also using AI, you are able to make your own radio station. Yeah, indeed. It does help me. Uh, it does transcript everything we say, transcribe, I should say. And then it, it supports me in making the title for the episode, which I don't ah, have to worry oh. about anymore. Yeah, it gives me some <laughs> inspiration then. Yes, yeah, it really is. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And it's absolutely fantastic, a feature now on Loom which is when you record a Loom video. Again, it transcribes everything you said in your video and it makes a title for you and then you can save it. And if you don't like it, you can edit it. But I would say eight times out of 10, the title is pretty accurate. So oh, good, it's great. It's quite yeah. kind of magic. Time saving, indeed. Yeah, it is a tool. It's, I'm not really too worried about job replacement. Wonderful. Uh, let's take a quick break there, Henry, and we'll follow up talking about SaaS. Future First is sponsored by SalesSource, B2B pipeline management and sales growth for your business. Henry, let me ask you um, specifically about SaaS because you're providing software as a service to you know businesses and very specific businesses. Hmm. What challenges do you think there are at the moment with organizations 
uh, taking their SaaS uh, service to the market? Yeah, I think presence is, of course, important to get, uh, what is it, in the market when you have a, a beautiful idea like with ECM, and then you have to take the next step. Uh, of course, you have your own network, and that's also basically where we are currently in. It's our own network that we get new customers. But you also want to take the next step and to get attract more customers. And uh, well, you see nowadays that there are a lot of tools and they help you with trying to get more customers. But you also see the effect that it is. Uh, my, my email box or my LinkedIn uh, messages get overloaded with, uh, what is it, the developers to help, uh, what is it, organizations and companies that can help me with attracting more new clients. So I could fill a day almost with those kind of things. So you actually, we need something else to be different in that uh, structure. I think uh, your own company is also looking at these kind of things. It's a challenging things. And so what's getting more important is even personal contact. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand and agree with you there. I think this is a classic example of where people are trying to use AI and software to complete and achieve the, the whole process from beginning yeah. to end. It is, it's only a, it's only a tool really, uh, yeah. at this, at this stage. And yeah, you get inundated with messages. There, there's, there's a lot of noise out there, isn't there? Yeah. We were talking in that, about that before we came on the podcast. Yes. There's so much yeah. noise out there. You've got to, you've got to cut through and that personal approach and authentic human approaches is more important than ever. Have you seen anything you, you've thought, oh, wow, that's a, that's a good idea? Have you seen anything from, from other companies? Like you do, that's a very good idea to, let's say, to make yourself as an authority in the field like you do with the podcast. Yeah. And uh, let's say what I did I, and I rolled in it. I am also seen as an authority because I'm all, already six years active in AI. I do masterclasses in AI. So people know, ah, this guy knows about AI, you know? And with you, with your postcard, you interview a lot of people. So you're, you're different. You have a positive impact by doing that. That's very good. Yeah, that's, that's great. And tell us a bit more about your, um, your masterclasses. Cause you, you recently, you've done one recently, if I'm not mistaken. Tell us yes, about that. Yes. Yeah. And I have two other on ones are planned. Actually, it was a nice thing. It was here at, uh, Hanse Hogeschool, which is a school down here. And I think about two years ago, they asked me, ah, can you tell us something about, uh, AI? So I said, how did you find me? Yeah, because we looked at LinkedIn and we, we heavy search for AI in Groningen, and then you pop up. Okay, that's nice. So I developed a masterclass and then I posted it on LinkedIn. And then other people said, wow, this is interesting. AI, please also come to us and tell it. <laughs> and that's how it is rolling. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a quite fun thing to do. And also it helps me, of course, because every time I have to add new things, AI is going so fast. I have to do and learn again. And that also helps me myself. Eh? Presenting helps you a lot to learn yourself. And, um, so. Yeah, that, that's, def that's definitely true. So when you teach others, you end up learning a lot more yourself. Because if you have to explain something to someone, then you have to really think about it 
uh, right. how to explain maybe that's to right. explain that's it to right. yourself first yeah. that's right. and yeah. the market's moving so rapidly it's unbelievable we released in May of this year a, a market map of 100 B2B AI tools so that mm. could be ah, yeah. content creation that could be voice there, there was all, all marketing automation in there as well of course the CRM and we created that in, in, and released that in May. And now I could add, I feel like I could add another 400 <laughs> more tools in that time. It's right. in, it's incredible how quickly it moves. Yeah. Um, yeah. do you then, I mean, we're, we're speaking about oh. AI now. I mean, what, what, what sort of topics of conversations are we going to be having in, in six months time? Do you think? Oh, it, 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 I, I don't know. I really, it, let's say what happened is that uh, with ChatGPT last year in November, uh, and let's say AI already is is been going on since uh, last century, 1950s, something like that. Huh? So the 1960s, I must say, 50s, so, and it started a long, long road. Yeah. But suddenly, what happened in November is that with ChatGPT, large language models, they were made with the fine-tuning model and the GPT is a foundation model and ChatGPT is a fine-tuning model. They want an adopter to how we think and act and want mm -hmm. to be served in our own language and very easily, only the chat uh, with the dots, like it is thinking, <laughs> it has done very properly. And now suddenly we have a mass market and already with ECM, we use the OpenAI API to extract information and use LLM as a reasoning facility for our, what is it, uh, actionable insights. But now every company is going to introduce that in uh, a, a chat box into it. And so we have, like I, I always say, we have a layer and, which is helping a lot, a lot, a lot of applications. And that's why you see rising so many applications. It's, it, it's similar like internet. Internet was born uh, HTTP or TCP IP protocol, the HTTP protocol, the World Wide Web. And when that was there, a great amount of uh, websites and tooling started to uh, work. And the same was with mobile internet, with the apps. And then explosion. So we will have an explosion the next uh, six months. So we will have hundreds of thousands of AI tools in six months. Indeed, and it was already there, and there were companies that were already using um, ChatGPT API. I think even two years before the mm -hmm. let's say the user-friendly interface was released, yeah. that you could yeah. ask, you yeah. could prompt and ask questions. Yes. But the yes. API was already available. Was it at least two years before? I believe is that right? Yes, yes, yes. Actually, you know, I'm a little bit of a nerd too, and. Uh, OpenAI already, what is it, connected a beta tester for a long time. And it was, I think, about two and a half years ago, then they already had OpenAI, the playground version for text, that sentiment analysis, of, and more complex things with temperature that you can install, not, not like you say, the easy interface. And then they introduced Codex, and Codex was the, uh, the Python version of let's say what they had at that time and they wanted to compete with uh, developers worldwide to see how good codex was 
So I also was one of those 500 developers, very proud to be, and I'm not a great developer, I can develop. So I, I ranked somewhere like in 400 to 500, something like that. And Codex was about 250, something like that. So far not the best, but nowadays it's definitely one of the best uh, programmers in the world. So, how, so that's how fast it goes. That's how fast it goes. Definitely yeah. one in one of the the first in the Netherlands. Then I would agree. Well, I would say if you were if there were only five hundred developers yeah. in the first round, yeah. right? Well, there were yeah, there were five hundred worldwide. Five hundred worldwide, worldwide, right? Okay, so we I'm pretty sure worldwide. it was uh, OpenAI did a contest worldwide. Five hundred uh, developers. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure Henry. Then you were one of the very few uh, Nederlanders in that in that group. <laughs> Wonderful. While we wrap up the podcast, are there any um, great easy-to-use AI uh, tools that you are using at the moment or know about? Yeah, well, there's so many. And I want to track, of course, like what is it? Uh, I use MidJourney every day. I want to create a picture because I want to see how it develops. That's important. And ChatGPT, uh, of course, I have the paid version because we had last uh, week it was introduced with that you can take, I want to see how it goes with that you can take a picture and you can upload a picture and you can combine uh, and uh, great tools that we also use at ECM is like Langchain. Those are, uh, those are, let's say, not actually a tool, but a uh, toolbox it is. And uh, well, so, so many in, uh, that you can see. And of course, sometimes you use a tool to make uh, slides automatically, and it's nothing. <laughs> That's also, but it is developing, and you want to touch it. And it's yeah, uh, yeah. You also have like what is it? Radio GPT. That's also perhaps you have soon. You have Radio GPT makes a radio uh, station automatically. Perhaps there will be podcast GPT, but soon that it will automatically generate people like you and me having a nice discussion, but it's artificially created. I'm already going to do that, Henry. So the plan, yes. is, yeah, the plan is is to use wow. a piece of software called Eleven Labs, which has learned my voice, and um, then I will type in the questions to Eleven Labs. Yeah. And on a very basic level, the questions will all be produced by my AI voice and AI-based questions. And they, and then at least half of the podcast will be purely AI. And then the, uh, the other person would be a human being. That's the plan anyway. I wonder how well it will turn out, but definitely yes. my, my toy of the moment is 11labs.io and it learns your voice. Yeah. On very another fun. note, I think, um, Canva, uh, Canva have released what they call, I think it's called Canva Magic. I mean, they're mm -hmm. very good at branding stuff, right? But it's effectively uh, mid-journey in the Canva design tool, and that's providing some interesting results. Right. Um, and, of course, there are so many that do uh, transcriptions. Yes, um, yes. But the transcriptions of calls and meetings, etc., can be very, very long. Mm -hmm. um, the, but there are now some really handy tools that summer, I think it's called summarize.ai yeah. is one of them that summarize very well, like yeah. really, really, really well yeah. the, the core takeaways of any discussion in any meeting. Um, and there are quite a few of those summary tools yeah. out there. But like you say, maybe we talk again in six months, Henry, and there are another 700 oh, to a thousand. That's right. 
mainstream yes. mainstream tools. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So you have to keep track and play with it and work lightly, like you do, and that it's that you really see the benefit. You know, that's so important. You've got to play with these things, right? On that's that right. note. Henry, Good. thank you so much for uh, coming on to the podcast today. An absolute pleasure. I know you had a very busy day yesterday, so you can have a restful Friday today. Thank you, Henry. Thanks a lot, Justin. It's still busy today. <laughs> and let's chat up uh, soon how it will be. What is it? All those developments, perhaps in six months' time to see how it is. Exactly. Thank you, Henry, for coming on. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in and making the choice to listen to this podcast. If you liked what you've heard today, please don't forget to subscribe.